Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah. Thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. It's always great to be with you. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing on the Parashah Bo, translated come. I'm going to focus on the Passover event and the blood of the lamb as its core symbol. It is the blood of the lamb, which functioned as the sign of salvation and redemption for the children of Israel. It was to be memorialized in every generation for all time. Obviously, God uh, is totally serious about this. For him, it's something that he wanted to keep before his people forever. So let's jump into the passage and take a closer look at how the blood of the Lamb became a symbol of salvation and redemption. And keep in mind that this is a midrash, not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or a theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. Great, so I'm going to jump into Exodus chapter 12, 1 through 14. I'm going to be reading from the JPS translation of the Tanakh. So let's just jump in the passage. We'll work our way down through it. Verse 1, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall mark for you the beginning of the months shall be the first of the months of the year for you. Speak to the whole community of Israel and say on the 10th of this month, each of them shall take a lamb to a family, a lamb to a household. But if the household is too small for a lamb, let them share one with their neighbor who dwells nearby in proportion to the number of persons you shall contribute for the lamb according to what each household will eat. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a yearling male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. So here they are at the beginning of their year. Um, They're going to enter into a time that will be what the Bible refers to as Passover. This is the first Passover. And God says, you're going to mark your calendars by this event. In other words, your your calendars will begin with Nisan. Nisan is going to be the head of the year. It's going to be the beginning of your year. Now, now later there is a civil year. Uh, as well, this becomes like a spiritual new year for Israel. Uh, but note well that the year begins with this idea of salvation and redemption. Verse 6. You shall keep watch over it. This is the lamb. You shall keep watch over it until the 14th day of the month. And all the assembled congregation of Israelites shall slaughter it at twilight. Now, now put yourself back in their shoes. Can you imagine taking a lamb into your home and the children, you know, and their excitement about the lamb and they're going to feed and take care of this lamb. They're going to bond with this lamb. And then four days later on the 14th, they're going to slaughter this lamb at twilight. They're going to see the, the slaughter of this lamb, which would be traumatic and uh, shocking to say the least. 
This is going to have a big impact on the psyche of the entire family. Verse seven, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they are to eat it. They shall eat the flesh that same night. They shall eat it roasted over with fire and with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or cooked in any way with water, but roasted head, legs, and entrails over the fire. You shall not leave any of it over until morning. If any of it is left until morning, you shall burn it. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is a Passover offering to the Lord. This, this ritual, this becomes a ritual, if you will. But the putting, the placing of the blood of the lamb on the lintel of their doorposts. What is the purpose of that? Why would they do that? In what way will this be used? Let's look at verse 12. For that night I will go through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And I will mete out punishments to all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. So this is the 10th and final plague. And God is going to bring destruction to Egypt. There will be death everywhere. In every home, death. And God says, I'm going to mete out punishment to all the gods of Egypt. Not only Egypt, but even Egypt's gods. Why? Because I am the Lord. God is a God of judgment. God is a just God. God judges in the earth today. Always has, always will. And in Egypt, this would be a night that Egypt and the Israelites would never, ever forget. God says, that night, I'm coming. I'm going to strike all of Egypt. Every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, will die. Notice verse 13. And the blood on the houses, a reference, of course, to the blood of the lambs, the blood on the houses where you are staying shall be a sign for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you so that no plague will destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. God says that blood of the lamb on your doorposts, when I see it, I'm going to pass over you. When I see it, I'm going to enter into covenant with you. You shall be my people and I will spare you from the judgment that I am releasing on all of Egypt. It's the blood of the lamb on their doorposts that serves as a sign. God says, when I see it, I will spare you from my judgments. That's huge. This, this blood of the lamb becoming a sign, a sign of what? A sign of mercy, a sign of covenant, a sign of salvation. This is the core symbol of the Passover event, the blood of the lamb. It's the sign. It's the essential sign that's tied into this event that we refer to as Passover. Verse 14. This day shall be to you one of remembrance. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord throughout the ages. You shall celebrate it as an institution for all time. Annually, this is something that has 
been celebrated for many, many, many centuries now. The sages tell us that the first Passover, this Passover in Egypt, they say this is filled with types and shadows of the later and greater spiritual redemption that we will experience in the Messiah. That this whole Passover event that happened with our ancestors really preps us for that ultimate Passover experience that is found in Messiah, that redemption from sin and shame through his atonement. Now think about this. If the blood of sacrificed lambs could save them from a temporal judgment against Egypt, how much more will the sacrifice of God's lamb, the Mashiach, the Messiah, how much more will his sacrifice save us from the coming eternal damnation that is coming to an unbelieving and wicked world? Note well what the Apostle John said to his Jewish disciples when he saw Yeshua approaching him. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As a Jew, John knew the scriptures well. He connected the dots of substitutionary atonement as reflected both in the Passover event and then also in the Tamid sacrifices, those sacrifices of lambs every day in the temple, the, the, the one in the morning and the one in the afternoon. Two lambs are sacrificed every day in the temple. They served as, as a type and shadow of substitutionary atonement, atonement for our sins. He connected the dots. He saw that Yeshua, the Messiah, was fulfilling and actualizing the meaning of these substitutionary sacrifices. That Yeshua, the Messiah, on the cross would be the ultimate and final sacrifice for sin. This is amazing. This is why John says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. On the night before Yeshua would be crucified, he shared a final Passover with his Jewish disciples, and he said something deeply intriguing as they drank from the third cup of the Seder, which is called, by the way, the cup of redemption. So he lifted up this cup, and he, after they had eaten, well, let me just quote, quote the verse, Luke twenty-two twenty, And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Yeshua was referring to his sacrifice on the cross the next day, that he would be crucified. He shared that in other places with his disciples, that he would suffer and die in Jerusalem. And he was crucified. And he's saying that my death, when I give up my life through the outpoured blood on the cross, that this would be for our forgiveness, an atonement for our sin. It would be the basis of securing the new covenant that Jeremiah spoke of. The fact that Yeshua's death on the cross is referred to as a blood sacrifice in the Jewish apostolic scriptures is significant in every way. In fact, it is understood to be the ultimate and final atonement for the sin of the world. And for all who recognize and believe and embrace by faith Yeshua as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, they will be saved from the coming wrath of God in the ultimate and final great white throne judgment to come. 
Passover was a type and shadow of a greater Passover, the one that comes in Messiah, where we're in Messiah. We are redeemed from sin and shame. And if there's a greater Passover coming, there's a greater judgment coming. That's the ultimate final judgment against sin and shame. God is a king and he is a judge and he will judge sin. In Messiah, we have an atonement for sin. This is the beauty of Yeshua the Messiah. My question to you is, do you believe in Yeshua as the Lamb of God? If not, where is your trust? Where is your hope? We know through the Tanakh that it's always been in the types and shadows of the sacrifices in the temple, that these were pointing us forward to this idea of substitutionary atonement and that it would find its fulfillment in the Messiah, that he would be the atonement for our sin. Do you believe in Yeshua as the Lamb of God? John three sixteen through 18 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Paul says it's really simple. It's really, how would I put it? It's It's a simple matter in terms of securing one's salvation. It cost the Son of God his life. But the appropriation of that is very simple. Romans 10, 8 through 10. But what does it say referring to the Torah? And then he quotes it. The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth... Yeshua as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. Do you want to be saved? There's a great judgment that's coming. The only atonement that we have for our sin is what God gave us the life of his son. If you would like to be saved from the coming wrath of God against sin and wickedness, please pray this prayer with me. From your heart, repeat these words with me and be saved. Dear God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I embrace your son, Yeshua the Messiah. I believe he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I believe he died and atoned for our sins. I believe you raised him from the dead and have exalted him as King of kings and Lord of lords. Based on my absolute faith and trust in him, forgive me, O Lord, save me and bring me into your glorious kingdom. This I ask in Yeshua's name. Amen. Now, If you have just prayed that prayer with me today, please, 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 please write and share your experience with us at graftedin.com. That's G-R-A-F-T-E-D-I-N.com. Go there, click on the contact page, 
and share your joy with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to share in that joy. May God's blessings and favor be upon you now and forever in Jesus' name. That concludes our program for this week. A special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated to and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now, pray with us, give financially, share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. If you have a chance, check us out at graftedin.com. Explore all of our social media avenues. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. And until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.